Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everybody, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Live from the Armory Wrestling Show is heard worldwide. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. But this is an FNX.network plug, which means we're heard from Mobile, Alabama to Melbourne, Australia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Check us out on FNX.network. What do you say, Laura? From the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. You're lying, Bob. I never said I don't want to do this interview. Those words yes, never came yeah. out of my mouth. You Trust are me, the, yeah. the biggest lying sack of crap ever. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Yes, Laura almost got lost in her home state of West Virginia, but she's with us tonight. How are you, Laura? And the lovely Laura. Soot is about to find your ass as a home state if you keep that shit up. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. My name is the Bunkhouse Bob, and I am the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century. Folks, we're almost to the finish line. This is episode number 298 of the program, and we have a very, very special show on deck for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about a territory, an area that is near and dear to both Laura and my heart, and that is Texas. And we're going to talk a little bit about the legacy of Texas wrestling. Coming up here in just a little bit, folks, we have a who's who in wrestling in the Texas area throughout the uh, late 70s, 80s, through the 90s, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but scheduled to appear here tonight, we will have uh, referee James Beard. A lot of you are familiar with him through his work with the NWA and throughout Texas, all the way through the uh, Fritz Von Erich, uh, the Von Erich family, all that stuff. Great to have James on the show. We're going to have Mr. Rod Price, Mr. John Tatum. Both of those are multi-time champions throughout Texas wrestling history. We're going to have the original, the one, the only, the original Patriot, Mr. Del Wilkes, will be joining us. And rounding it out, our good friend, finally get him on the show, the flamboyant Freddie Fargo will be joining us tonight, folks. Again, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 
however you listen to the program. If you've listened for five minutes or you've listened for five plus years, we appreciate your support. We're on Blog Talk Radio, but more importantly, we would ask that you would check us out at www.fnx.network. There's a lot of great content available on FNX, everything from pop culture, entertainment, sports, uh, soccer. Check it out at fnx.network. And while you're out on the internet checking things out, make sure you go to www.prowrestlingtees.com. Type in FNX Network up in the search bar, and there's a couple of live from the Armory wrestling show shirts that you can purchase and help support this show. And if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism about a guest or a commentary that you have heard on this program, you can always email us at asktheArmory at gmail.com. Now, we've got to get all that stuff out of the way. I'm going to go on and bring in uh, one of my favorite people of all time, whether she's been to Texas or not. I'd like to welcome to the show the other co-host of this program, the lovely Laura. Laura, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Bob, and thank you for that wonderful uh, intro. I have never been to Texas. I have never been past uh, Louisiana, so okay. I got I to get over there one day. I've been as far in as Dallas. I have not been to West Texas, but I've been I've been around Dallas, uh, Tyler, Canton. Uh, San Antonio, beautiful town, love San Antonio. Uh, great state, great people. Uh, looking forward to uh, to talking about some Texas wrestling tonight because there's there's some cool things that you and I have bannered back and forth about about Texas, but we'll get to that shortly. How is uh how is your how is your day? How are you doing today? I'm tired. Um, yeah. I'm uh, forlorn because they're calling for two to five inches of snow here. What? Yeah, for tomorrow. They're calling for two oh. to five. Now, I can't because we've not had any measurable snow all winter, and that's a, hmm. it's a rarity for us. Yeah. But I do yeah. tell, say something to all my Charlotte peeps, okay? Yeah, Charlotte. I see, I see all you people on Facebook. I hate living here. Oh, my God, we're going to get snow. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you living know. in Atlanta and getting a dusting of snow the whole town. I don't know how many right. people live in Atlanta. What, eight, nine million people, and the whole town shuts down over a tenth of an inch. Well, uh, the was supposed to get like sleet and freezing yeah. rain and some snow. Now, I know that sleet and freezing rain can make a bigger mess than snow. Sure. I get all that. But yeah. I don't want to hear. Y'all, come up here and live for a winter. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle no, it. You know, the blizzard you know, of 93, there was snow up to my ass. And I'm not joking. Uh, well, you know how it is. You know, when, when in Charlotte, do as the charlatans do. You know, well, that's how that goes. Mention this real quick since we got Casey in them on last week. <clears throat> He lives in Raleigh. He's in the Raleigh yeah. farm area. They're right. going to get five to ten inches. Wow. That will shut that place down. And I, <laughs> you might forget about North Carolina. It, it's closed. North Carolina yeah. is closed. But North Carolina is officially closed, even before the first flake of snow has fallen. Absolutely. Winston-Salem, <laughs> I think, three, three to eight. 
And, wow. and that place, there's moisture coming up out of the south, and we all know what happens when moisture comes up out of the south. We get hosed. But anyway, he's <laughs> my Charlotte friend because they don't know. They really and truly do not know what a winter is. You know, John calls me. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like it's, it's 16 degrees here. And he's like, oh, it's about 40 here. And I'm like, shut Oh. <laughs> uh. That's the way that it goes. But we're getting we're getting out of the throes of winter. I mean, we're almost through through February, into March. We'll be into spring before we you know are. it, and this will all be a we bad are. dream. And I just want to say something real quick. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Um, John is not one to complain. He's not. He just tells me these things. To, you know, always oh, you know, forty degrees here, and I'm just like, oh God, I would give anything. He's not a complainer. He is not. He's been up here. When it has started to snow before, so he knows. Yeah. Yeah. A couple Christmases, he's went home with snow on the ground here. And he gets, you know, like the states will. There's nothing. But anyway, I don't want to talk about the weather right. for But I just wanted to say, you know, people, y'all don't know, and I don't yeah. want to hear. We've got some. Um, we've got some. Um, some social media to get out of the way. Um, if you wanted to, um, you know, tweet along with um, George, who likes to send messages in Messenger while you're on the air, you know, George, I hope you get gonorrhea, because he just <laughs> sent me... Oh, God. <laughs> he just sent me a screenshot of Sebring, Florida, 79 degrees. I hope you get John Reed, George Stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Send my me gosh. That <laughs> I know he knows what winter's like. Um, I understand. I understand. Yeah. How is your week, Russ, uh, there, Bubba? I don't believe that. Anyway, we're going to get – you can tweet along with George Gonorrhea Coles at Hill Heat and also at From the Armory with a machine. And um, – you can tweet along with myself, Bob, George, and the Gray Lobster at um, Circle Sky at Bob underscore Delft at Heel Heat and at the Gray Lobster, respectively. Uh, George came up with a good Twitter poll, even though I'm not really happy with him right now. Uh, okay. I'm not sure how he is rough unless he's got like hurricanes or something coming through, which I don't think he does. Um, <laughs> Wow, this is something, um, because okay. I didn't expect it to be 50-50. I really didn't. Uh, okay. And we're talking about the only feud in Texas that matters, besides Sunshine versus Precious or Sunshine versus uh, Andrea the Lady Giant or Sunshine versus Missy Hyatt. Um, the Von Erics and the Freebirds, of course, that's what we're talking about here. So, hi, y'all. 50%. Said Von Eric, the other fifty percent said the Freebirds. Now John and I, you know, we we split on this too because John's a Freebird fan from right. way way back. Um, okay. I of course love the Von Erics because I like looking at Carrie Von Eric. And then when Lance Von Eric came on the scene, um, I didn't care if he didn't have a drop of Von Eric's blood. In. <laughs> I, still, 
I didn't pull. If I had seen his on from the Pacific Northwest in the wrestling uh, magazine, I didn't care. Uh, so I just want to But it was say a, it was that. a fifty fifty split, fifty percent. Whose side were you on during the Von right. Eric feud and the Freebird feud? Right. And it was and a it was, it was a fifty fifty split. Yeah, I didn't think it would be. You know, I I I tend to think that people back in the day would have been on the Von Eric side because I mean, God dang, they were just like they were over like months back mm. then. Um, but you know, the free birds were over like money is being a heel. So, uh, or being heels rather. So there you right. go, folks. You got to guess up and poll question, even though you send me, uh, bullshit about you, your, your week being rough, you know, um, yeah, his week is rough too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 69 degrees is the, uh, low and old. But y'all get down to 44 overnight. I feel for you. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah. uh, but a um, couple things I saw this week. I saw, and I'm hoping I'm not going to butcher this name. Uh, I saw that Trisha Dora mm-hmm. won a, a title, and I, I've got it pulled up here, and I don't want to, like I said, butcher the name. Give me just a second because my Facebook page likes to. When I had it pulled up, of course, it, you know, loaded her whole page up again. But she won the, come on, come on, come on, come on. Sorry about this. The Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship. Okay. So this where was, is a very... Where was I'm this sorry? at? Where was this at? Um, I'm looking. Okay. Um, I think I saw it briefly, but I didn't click the link or I didn't expand the post to to see it anymore. Right. This is not, this is in Washington, D.C. And this is not a women's title. This is their heavyweight championship. So the fact that, you know, an African-American woman has won this is a great thing. And the fact that she did, and I saw a picture of some good friends of ours, um, the Tommy Thomas. Uh, Darian Lockhart, which um, Darius Lockhart, rather, sorry about that, um, is actually going to be out of action for a couple of months because he's got some kind of a pet tear. That's um, all that, yeah. Uh, uh, Savannah uh, was there. Uh, Tim Tim, T- uh, Timmy Lou Retton, uh, T.J. Boss, a Montana Black, um, all were you know in that photo um, uh, with her you know, and supporting her. So I think that was a great, that was an incredibly uh, great thing. And there was one more person in there, and I hate, I I really don't want to butcher his name, Uh, but he is the former PWX uh, television champion, ITV champion. Like I said, I don't want to butcher his name. I'm trying to find the photo with all of them in it, um, just so that I don't butcher his name. But, um also, while I'm looking for that, here we go. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I know the group uh, shot that you're talking about. I, yeah, I, I have seen the, I've seen it floating around on Facebook. I'm gonna, I don't want to leave him out. It's, okay. I think it's Saif Al-Sabah. I'm hoping I am pronouncing that name right. And if I'm not, please, okay. this is my apologies. It is not done 
or, you know, in, with malice. Um, you know, I do want to bring something up really quick because um, uh, George South uh, had, had messaged me over the weekend and just checking in, you know, uh, like right. uh, George will do every once in a while. And um, right. he was telling me about, um, you know, he had the micro championship wrestling in Charlotte. George beat the janitor of the Fillmore to the Fillmore. Okay. George right. hadn't slept all night. So, um, he, he beat him to the building. He beat him to the building. He did. I'm sitting here waiting to be let in with my ring. The guy, the guy with the key. He beat him. To, that that yeah. doesn't surprise me out of George South. Um, so, you know, he's like, I can't let, you know, I can't let, um, I can't let, I could I can't let Ole and I can't let Wahoo and I can't let Paul Jones down, you know? Right. And I was like, right. George, can you imagine some of these people nowadays working for Ole? Can you can you really imagine what would happen if some of these uh guys and gals on the in the Indies today worked for Ole Anderson? And what this is what this made me angry today when I read that uh one of I guess uh a potential student or a student in Georgia's school uh, was, I guess, saying things he shouldn't, and mm-hmm. uh, he was just—he came off to George like, oh, "I'm just being a smartass." And George is like, "I got a seven-foot smartass over here that'll pound you into the ground." Talking about Montana, right? And how do you talk to someone just George South in that manner? Mm. Well, I think it'll probably be the last time. That this particular young person does oh. something like that. Well, I told George, I said you should have slapped the taste out of his mouth right then and there. He goes, "Oh, I plan on to over the next several weeks." <laughs> I wouldn't want to be you. That's yeah. for sure. And that just flew all over me, Bob, because you know I don't think people understand what George South has done for wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the fact I, that I don't think they have either. I don't think they do either. And I've, I've been a proponent of this for a while. I would really, really like to see an official documentary. And, and I know that there's been, there's, been, there's been smaller documentaries. Let me preface this. There's been smaller documentaries, you know, in time length done on the career of George South. But I would really like to see something more full length. I think that, I think that that's owed. I think that's due. Um, you know, the books, the books are great. I have, you know, both of George's books. Those are awesome. But I think that something in depth needs to be done um, to be able to preserve the history. Uh, you know, George had a front row seat to history and was a, a, a part of history. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of making sure that that history remains intact. And George is just a great person. He really and truly is. He he messaged me the other night because I was up and I hadn't. It, this was like midnight. On it was like midnight Sunday morning, and I had fallen asleep on the couch and had come to bed and was trying to get some sleep and just couldn't. And he was like, he messaged me. He's like, you okay? Right. Um. Yep. Play. You know, it was just nice somebody to you know to to you know. 
reach out and make sure you're okay. George is just a great guy, and it, it did. It just flew all over me that this this person who's just starting out has the nerve to say things like that to George South. Well, you know, that's that's just the way that it is. That's just the way it is. Folks, we're going to get rolling with our guests here in just a couple of minutes. I see two of them are populated on the line, and uh, we're going to get started. I want to get a couple more people going. Uh, the call-in time we had given out to everybody, and uh, we'll wait wait just a couple more minutes, and then we'll start bringing, bringing our guests on for this evening. Uh, one of the things I wanted to jump back to real quick while we're waiting, um, you know, you mentioned the Twitter poll about – uh, whose side you were on during the Free Bird and the Von Eric, uh, you know, Von Eric feud, and, and we'll get we'll get some of our friends' insights on this because I, I certainly believe that if I wasn't mistaken, that the Free Birds were initially brought in as baby faces. If I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. they and, were. They were friends with Von Eric, and it was that cage yeah. match with Rick that that you know. Everything went to pot. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, and and we'll get into that. We're going to get into that. I'm going to go on uh, because now I see that four out of our five guests have arrived in our calling queue, and I'm going to go on and start bringing these gentlemen on. And, and folks, we had this show built as the legacy of Texas wrestling, and we're we're really extremely excited, extremely excited to be able to have these gentlemen uh, on the program with us tonight to talk about the history of Texas wrestling because, and we'll get into it. There are two areas that Laura and I felt both really kind of quantified what we see and what we know as professional wrestling uh, then and through today. One of those being the Crockett area, and we've covered the Crockett area extensively over the, the years that we've been on the show. But another area is obviously the uh, is the Texas area. I mean, we can't talk about professional wrestling without talking about Texas. So I'm going to start bringing our guests on here one at a time and make sure that our connection is good. And the first person that I see that we have on the show, this should be Mr. James Beard. James, are you there, sir? I am here. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. You've been a guest on before, and, and we, we're, we're thrilled that you were able to make this connection with us again. And I'm going to go on and, and bring on the next person that I see. And if I have this correct... I believe that we should be talking to Mr. Rod Price. Rod, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm Thank here with so James. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm going to go on and bring on our next guest. And you should be familiar with this guy, Rod. This should be Mr. John Tatum. Mr. Tatum, are you there, sir? Get out of here. I don't believe uh-huh. it. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank hey, you so James, much. Thank hey, you, Rod. Thank you so much, and we're going. I'm going to go on and bring on the last one because we're we're going to get this guy on because he he helped facilitate this, get this together. Uh, if I have this right, this should be the one and the only, the flamboyant Freddie Fargo. Freddie, is that you? Well, let me hold on. Wait a minute. Let me see. Let me get my wallet out here. <laughs> that's me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And I think I see our last guest has arrived. And this, if I have this correct, this should be the Patriot, Mr. Dell Wilkes. Dale, are you there, sir? I am here. Awesome, awesome. Again, again, thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on the show tonight and helping us talk a little bit about 
Texas Wrestling. We're very, very excited that you all could be here with us and, and, and talk to us about that. And I want to introduce you all to the other co-host of the program, who is Laura. Laura, do you want to say hello to everybody? Gentlemen, it is an honor and a pleasure to talk with you tonight. Well, well, well. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Laura. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Freddie. I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, if I was any better, I'd just blow up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 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 Again, gentlemen, again, uh, much, much, much thank you. Much thank you to all of you being here. Kind of what we thought that we would do is – you know, Laura and I had came up with like four major points that we wanted to cover. And what I was going to do is present those points to you and then kind of do a round table. And by luck of the draw, I think the easiest way to do it would be to go in alphabetical order, if that's okay with everybody, and kind of give you a, an idea of why we picked Texas, the Texas wrestling scene, is because Crockett in the Texas area seem to take precedence over the then WWF because in Crockett and in Texas, you had legitimate guys. You had, you know, you had Rod Price, you had names that come up from the past, Terry Funk and all that other than, you know, the, the, the characters or the cartoonish characters that the WWF was presenting. I think that blue collar fans could relate more to the Crockett era and to Texas wrestling than I personally could to say a guy like the repo man, no slight against Barry or anything, but you know, Terry Funk was Terry Funk. If I had my pick, I'd take Terry Funk. So uh, what I want to do if we can is I'll go on and present the first, first question to you. And then, then we'll go around. The first question that I have tonight is how did the Texas professional wrestling scene as a whole influence how wrestling as we know it today is presented from not only a booking perspective, but from a production perspective. And I'd like to start it off with James. James, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the greatest influence is probably on the production side. Um, world-class was head and shoulders above everyone else as far as, produ- as, far as production is concerned. And, and uh, you know, th- those guys down there that, 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 um, that, did the camera work and the directing, the whole bit, that whole crew? Um, they did. They did something that was really ahead of the times, and uh, and so the, I think the production side of it was probably has more influence today than anything else. Vince really kind of took it from there and, and, and made it even bigger. But uh, um, as far as the wrestling goes, uh, I, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of, of similarities uh, between what I see most on t- TV today and what we did in Texas. Uh, Texas was basically. You, know, you get in there and, and 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 fight, and and now it's you know it's more, it looks more like a dance than a fight. So, um, I, I do you know I think I think the influence is more on the production side than anything else. Was there was there something about production specifically, James, that you remember working or going over, and you thought, well, this is different than anything else that we've ever done. Why are we trying this? Well, I, I mean, that was you know. The, Mickey Grant and guys like that uh, really had the had the head head for that. Um, uh, the the sportorium was just a natural, mm-hmm. idyllic place for for doing TV. It, the, the light was just right, and and uh, purely accidental, but it, it was. 
and the and the atmosphere was perfect. And you know they added added they added, added extra cameras and and uh, um, just the way it was shot was was totally different and 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 way ahead of its time. And uh, uh, you know so it was really really that whole production crew that, that had the had the ideas to do that and. And you know, like I said, Mickey Grant was a big part of that. He he, he did a lot of that, and, and uh, um, uh, it, it, that was the main thing. I, I don't know that I I was thinking at the time that you know we're doing anything special, but it it, it was. Now, Freddie, I know that you had mentioned Mickey Grant's name to me, and some of the stuff that went on in production. Oh, Mickey, what do you Mickey remember? Was an absolute pioneer. How, how so? No, how so? Yeah, how yeah, so we, we, I, I, have to, I have to say, if we had Mickey on here right now, then none of us would get to talk. So it's a good thing he's not here. <laughs> right. okay. okay. Fair enough. What What did Mickey Grant do, Freddie, that, that was groundbreaking or, or, or game-changing, in your opinion? Well, as far as I know, and, and James would be the one to correct me if I'm wrong here. And by the way, James, you just told my complete thunder there because that was the exact answer I was going to give to the question. Uh, honest to God, you know, I, uh, I moved to Dallas and started uh, going to world-class wrestling, and uh, the innovation that I was witnessing there just blew me away, and I have to agree with James. Uh, world-class influenced today's product uh, much more on the production and uh, side than on the actual wrestling side. Uh, when I think back to the people I had the privilege of watching at the Sportatorium, I think, you know, those guys look like they all went through Killer Kowalski's training school. Now I turn on the TV and I look and I go, geez, those guys look like they graduated from Martha Murray School of Dance. Hmm. <laughs> you know, Rod, from a from a booking perspective, what what do you see for for what occurred in Texas then and what we are seeing now? What is what is the biggest differences in booking? Well, the angles. I mean, it's simple. You know, they told stories back then. Now it's. Uh, I tried to watch it last night. It was such a free for all. You know, the idea is Marquis says wrestling. And they want to go out and do all this other stuff. But World Class used to go out, you know, they had the gimmicks, but they also had a lot of solid wrestling involved. And booking angles, they just, everybody's, everybody's part just fell in order. John, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this from a booking perspective or, or from a wrestling perspective? Do you, do you like what you see on TV right now? Well... <clears throat> Honestly, I do. Um, I'm impressed with what they do, but like everybody said, it's just a different ball game. James was referring to um, a dance compared to a fight. Back then, you were told who you're wrestling and um, given a result of what you want and you didn't go out and practice and coordinate and plan it all. It was all done um, by feel and feeling the crowd and 
doing what you wanted to do to keep your spot and keep your job and keep your family fed, you had to fight. You know, Bruiser Brody, Terry Gordy, Michael Hayes, Iceman King Parson, the Von Erics, all of them, they fought for real. It was. You know, I got. I got to say this, Bob. You know, if 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 people think that it wasn't entertaining back then, (laughs) then then they didn't see John Tatum wrestle. That's all I can tell you. Right. Hey guys. Thank you. Hey guys. Um, I appreciate that. Sure. Yes. Hey guys. Well, the one. Can I jump in here for just a second because I got to pay John a compliment. Uh, in all the years I've been watching wrestling, I've never seen anybody even come close to you, John, when it comes to the art of pouting. You are the best. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it hasn't done me too <laughs> ah, well, thank you. I guess if you're going to be known for uh, at least I'm known for something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that that's true. That is true. Uh, we're going to jump back to to Dell here in just a second. I believe that his call dropped off, but we'll hopefully he will call back into the number here, and we'll we'll get his thoughts. Yeah, John, nobody's taken away. Obviously, I'm not taking away from the athleticism that we see today. Uh, and as compared to a fight and a dance and some of the angles, is is today's product just is is it too fast paced? Is it is it just too fast paced? Well, it's just a different market, you know. Um, right. It's marketed more towards kids. That's why you don't see bleeding anymore. Um, you don't see the. I mean, they 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 they've gotten a little better with crossing the line, but you never see the blood and the um, storylines are are very fast, very short, you know, because they, these guys get hurt, you know. <laughs> They right. jump around and flip around. And, I mean, we would have liked to have done that too, but we had to work the next night. These guys, you know, if they get hurt, it's it's good for them. They get paid anyway. We, right. we weren't in that situation. So we couldn't flip off the top rope and land on three or four people or land through a table, you know, because we had to get up and go to the next town, you know. Right, right. No, I understand completely. Different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, these guys got to do what they got to do, you know, and I think they do a good job at it. I think Vince has a great product. That's fair enough. That is fair enough. Uh, We're going to uh, go on. Everything, John. Bob, can I jump in for a second? I think uh, everything John uh, just said. I uh, totally, totally agree with um, the uh, storylines were much sharper. Um, it just seems like today they're throwing everything they possibly can throw up against the wall and uh, seeing what sticks. And unfortunately, the floor has become filthy and the wall's still pretty clean. True. That is true. Wow. And one other thing you got to think about, too, is we did two TVs a week, um, three hours a week, um, in the same buildings, 
the Sportatorium in, in Fort Worth, the Farm Center, whatever they call it. We were there twice a week for eight years. I, I, I had to produce, I had to be on TV possibly three three hours of TV every week for years. And that's hard to do. You know, you, you can't, that's hard to entertain those people week in and week out. That's true. I, that, that, I, I don't know that they could do that today. I don't think it would be possible. We're going to go on well, and we're going class, to... Yeah. World class certainly ran with much more frequency than any promotion is running uh, today. I mean, uh, James, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember a time when uh, uh, they were running the uh, Sportatorium on Friday, doing a show on Saturday, sometimes yeah. two shows on Saturday and Sunday, uh, back to Fort Worth on uh, Monday. Uh, they were running like a full-time wrestling promotion. And what I see today, I don't consider to be wrestling promotions. I can consider them to be television production companies. They are producing True. a TV product. Yes. And that's where it stands. Yep. Please send it now. Well, the, the, the different one of the differences is that they used to do TV in order to draw houses, and, and now it's it's just to draw ratings. So there's a big difference. That is <laughs> true. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to I'm come up to... with your own storylines back then. You know, there wasn't writers and people doing that for you. You know. And honestly, I was a young kid in this business. You know? I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know the art of entertainment. So I had to learn the hard way, you know, uh, experience. These guys got learned from us, you know, and, and got that to go from. Um, and then they add their little stuff now, you know. But like he says, it, it's two different products, one's for TV and one's was for drawing crowds every night. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, for I do not see where Dell has been able to call back into the show yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on and let Laura fire off with the next question and hopefully we can get Dell back on back on the air. But uh, until then, Laura, go on and go with the next question, please. Thank you, Bob. Um, the Freebird Von Erich feud and world class has been covered from every angle possible, and many people feel that it was the final feud in professional wrestling. But something that perhaps fans tend to forget is the David Von Erich Memorial Show at Texas Stadium in 1984, where Terry Von Erich defeated Ric Flair for the NWA world title. What did this do for world class? And is this the real legacy of the Von Erichs in the sense of how much pull that Fritz, uh, that Fritz rather, had with the NWA? And Mr. Mr. Beard, if you head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Fritz had a lot of influence. There's no question about that. And and world class itself had a lot of in, influence. You know, it was a, it was probably the hottest TV program in in in, um, in wrestling at the time. And and the Von Erich boys were about as hot as you can get as far as that goes, you know, and, and, and uh, had been involved in that Freebird feud, and that, that was a big deal. So, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot of influence involved with, with Fritz and, and World Class as far as the NWA was concerned. Um, it's it, it's kind of hard to hard to imagine Kerry holding that title for very long. He didn't, you know. Uh, and then one of the other one of the other one of the other boys, then you know, or, or David maybe if he, he had lived, then that might be a different story we'd be telling. Well, what was it about Kerry that didn't make him a you know a good candidate for for that title for the title run? Well, Kerry was a great follower. I mean, these guys worked with him. Uh, John and, and and Rod both worked with him enough. They, he was a, he was a great follower, but he wasn't a great leader. And, and, a, and a world champion has to be a leader. He has to guy that has to be a guy that goes out and, at that time anyway, had to be a guy that goes out and makes uh, the local guy look better than he really is. And and uh, as as talented as Kerry was in, in in one respect, he just wasn't that guy. Well, I, I can see that. You know, he 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 did seem to always follow either David or or, or Kevin. I can see. Well, that. He, he was in the ring. I meant that in the ring. In, in the ring, he was he was a guy that could. If you had a guy like John or Rod in there with him, uh, he'd have a great match. But he's not a guy that can oh, go yeah. in there and take a lesser talent and make them better. That's that's my point. Gotcha. I understand. Um, yeah. Freddie, uh, one day I'm going to get you to tell me some Janis Joplin stories, but until that day comes. <laughs> I don't know how that came into a wrestling show. <laughs> uh, tell me hmm. what your thoughts are. I, I got to tell you, Laura, probably nobody else on this panel has any idea what you're talking about. Uh, guys, <laughs> I, I, was a real, I was a real life hippie back in the 60s. Lived in San Francisco, worked at the Fillmore West, and knew all the bands out there. And uh, Laura's infatuated with Janis Joplin and has a hard time believing we were friends. I believe you. <laughs> that's, that's something nobody else here knows. So. <laughs> Just a nice, sweet Texas girl, wasn't she, Freddie? Boy. Yes, she was. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a few few people know this. Uh, after I uh, left San Francisco and moved back to uh, New York, uh, we stayed in touch with each other, and then we kind of lost track, and I got a call from her one night, and uh, I knew something was really up, and she just seemed so depressed, and everything was closing in on her. And my wife at that time and I had just gotten some uh, thousand acres of uh, property in upstate New York. And uh, I said, you know, you're welcome to come here. We'll go out in the woods. We'll pitch a tent and get you away from the music for a while. And you can just chill out. And uh, she was all up for that. It was like maybe nine hours later. I'm sound asleep. My wife walks into the bedroom crying like a baby. And I said, what's wrong? And she looked at me and she goes, Janice is dead. Oh. She, wow. She she was dead within hours after I last spoke to her. That's horrible. Hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, now back to world class. <laughs> yes. Back to Texas hmm. wrestling. <laughs> Having grown up as a New York State wrestling fan, uh, I, I witnessed a product on a whole different level when, when I arrived in Texas. Uh, 
you know, for, for the first thing, I mean, it was really difficult being the only Von Erich fan in the Sportatorium with 4,999 Freebird fans there. You know, I mean, I was kind of outnumbered. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that was uh, when I first uh, stepped into the Sportatorium, I uh, had a real snotty New York attitude about me. And I was like, hey, I was born on, you know, I was brought up on big time wrestling. What are these clowns going to show me? And I walked into this Sportatorium for the first time. And honestly, my impression of the lobby wasn't particularly high. But when I stepped into that arena, when I got to the platform at the top of that ramp, I could just feel the the wrestling history that was in that building. It was like for a wrestling fan, it was like walking into a cathedral. Right. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. And honest to God, it's as good as it looked on TV. It was it was quite the opposite <laughs> if you were there. Hmm, interesting. It looks good on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was was a perfect place to shoot. Yeah. And it it came across incredibly well on on TV. Um, Surprise? Uh, Yes. What are your thoughts on um, what the real legacy of the Von Erichs is? The real legacy is Man, the real legacy is uh, Kevin's still alive, which is awesome. Back in the day, I don't think any of us thought Kevin would be the one, but <laughs> praise God he is. <laughs> but I think the legacy is just the impact that I think Channel 11 had that Fritz used to reach basically spotty across the country. And every place you went, people knew the Von Erics. Didn't matter if you were in North Dakota or Florida, California, or New York. They knew the Von Erichs were. Or Israel. Yes, it is real. So I'm curious. Uh, why? Did, I mean, I'm glad, uh, as well as you, that Kevin is still alive. But uh, your statement uh, that you said that you were, you guys were surprised, or everybody would have been surprised, to, you know. Kevin was the last one to to be alive. Why is that? Well, Kevin was a little, you know, he walked to a beat of a different drum. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I have to say, to keep it nice, but, uh, you know, he was a businessman with me, and I'm sure John would say the same thing, and James, but, you know, whatever. whatever John, John sure is being about this. <laughs> 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 I actually, I actually heard from Kevin a couple of weeks ago. He's doing really well. I'll put it that yeah, way. Great, well, that yeah. that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, he's very, very, very happy. Sitting on top of his mountain in, in Hawaii, doing very well. Yeah, very that well. was incredible. That documentary was like, wow. I mean, that's such a departure from Texas, you know, Hawaii, you know. Yeah, well, the, the the funniest thing the funniest thing he told me is he was writing a book, and I can imagine what that's going to be like. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! I can't wait to read that. Um, uh, 
Mr. Tatum, before I get your thoughts, I just wanted to uh, bring this up. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you this uh, last July at the gathering in Charlotte. In where? In Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte, North Carolina. I I I know the the state and the city. I apologize. I was the one in in uh, my partnership. I was the one who took all the bumps. So I'm a little slow. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> I apologize. Um, yeah. I, I hope well, I was in line. <laughs> John, there are there are tapes available of those matches, you know. Oh my! So, uh, what are your you know since uh, Mr. Price is on this you know. Uh, an open-ended thing. What what are your feelings on uh, Kevin Von Erich? On Kevin Von Erich? Um, My feelings are um, he's, uh, like Rod said, a different drum, you know. He's a great guy. Um, The last time I talked to him, he was begging me just to tell you what kind of guy he is. I was having marital problems at the time and he was like, man, just pack your stuff and come to Hawaii, man. I got enough room for you. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is, you know? Oh, that's right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just a big, big heart. If you need anything, he would be there for you as well as all of them were. All of them's hearts were huge. Uh, Unfortunately, um, I, I was caught up in the alcohol and drugs, um, so you know I, I escaped that trap, and I just don't know that they were able to escape the trap, man. Um, you know they they were. I went to Israel with them, and it was you would think that uh, the president of the United States was there. These people were crawling up the side of the buildings and had armed guards beating people off with machine guns. And it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, uh, and I see like Elvis Presley, you know, poor Kevin and uh, Carrie, the way they had to live that month we were there in seclusion, you know, and, and I can see where that's all they wanted to do was, you know, what what makes them happy, drugs and alcohol, you know, but the way that they were loved and uh, couldn't go anywhere, do anything, it doesn't sound like that's a big deal, but it, it, it catches up with you, you know, and then you have Watch your own your personal life. problems. And, I mean, Fritz, he, he was a little different than everybody else also. So I don't know how much that played into it, hmm. so, um, uh, but you know they're all gone, and I, I really, you know, I, I do like sharing with the audience, but you know it's it's hard talking about people that aren't here anymore. And, 
Absolutely. All we're talking about is people that aren't here anymore. Hmm. That's that's part of it. A lot of it. And I'd I'd be risk if it didn't mention uh, it was just, well, it's been the 27th anniversary uh, this past week of the passing of Carrie, Carrie Von Eric. Uh, Wow. You guys feel like. I think what John said is is important too, though. That, that, I mean, they they really were big-hearted guys. But Carrie sure. especially was just a big sweetheart, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to go on and uh, I see we've got a caller in the queue. I want to go on and take this call. This person's been on hold for a while, so I apologize for the wait. Two one four. You're on with live from the Armory Wrestling Show in our episode of Texas Wrestling. Hey, how y'all doing there, guys? Good, good. Very good. Thank you. Hey, I want to say hello to my four best heroes, and they should know who this is. I'm one of the guys from Dallas. Who do you think it is? James, I know you know. (laughs) I think this is somebody that's calling in to embarrass me. Is that Billy Travis? (laughs) Travis. Oh, y'all, y'all are just full of everything. Well, hello, Mr. Tatum. Long time no hear from you. James, you know I talk to you all the time. And Freddie, I would never embarrass you. Oh, no, oh, no. Come on. Come on, Mikey. That's your job. <laughs> I thought you were going to call up and, and uh, you know, put me in a corner here and make me tell you that you were my favorite referee to work with while James Beard is sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! I don't think that would happen. That's, that's well, because I wouldn't put you, you over, Freddie. You know, unfortunately, James and I—unfortunately for me, luckily for James—we never worked a whole lot together. But uh, I did spend a lot of time uh, working with Mikey, and. Um, <laughs> the reason I have to say that uh, Mikey is my favorite referee is because uh, whenever I try to slip James Beard a check to look the other way while my guy was uh, creating misdeeds, shall we say, uh, <laughs> Mikey, on the other hand, is pretty pretty open to it, you know. But we won't we won't go there. We won't go there. Ten but bucks. the only thing that matters is his check was like. Jim Crockett's. Why am I on this program with all these heels? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Mikey, you've heard what we've been talking about. What 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 are your some some of your thoughts on what the legacy oh. of Texas wrestling is? Well, you know, like Freddie said. The Osborne term, it looked great on TV, but oh my God, would it! when it rained, it rained. When it was hot, it was hot. And when it was cold, it was cold. And just that was a place that you had to go there to understand it. It was a great place for TV, but oh my God, was the building. Oh, the That was our home field advantage. What are you talking about? I'm going to put Mikey's uh, memory to work here. Uh, the very first time we worked together, uh, there was a spot where I had to jump up on the ring apron and distract you, and you came running over 
And uh, rather than stand there and fight with you, I put my arm around you. I started walking you down the ring apron, and I leaned forward, and I said, you know, you probably think I'm doing this just to distract you from the fact that my guy's beating the hell out of the other guy right at this moment. But uh, that's not why I'm distracting you. I just wanted to tell you, you were the best referee I've ever had the privilege to work with. And Mikey just about <laughs> lost it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shows you how talented he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight face but him. And especially Mr. Tatum, he's the guy who would make you lose character in in no time. Him and his pouting face, and the way that he looked at you, just you couldn't help yourself but to laugh. And we didn't want to, but we did. John had a problem keeping his pants up. Was was uh, that it? Was was that was that commonplace a standing rib to see who could get who to break character, whether referee or wrestler? Yes, all the time. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love all right, it, guys. I had to get back. I just thought I'd call hello to all of y'all and Rod Price. Hello to you too, sir. And Thank hey, you. I hope to see some of you guys at the Hall of Fame this year because I'm going back this year. So guys, I'm gonna take Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your call so much. Good talking to you. Go on and uh, we'll go on and move on to our, our next question, because uh, this is one that I'm very interested in hearing. And this would be whether from either having been able to work with the individual or just knowledge of, of the individuals, a name that doesn't get mentioned as often as it should is Paul Bosch. Houston Wrestling aired for over 30 years on KHTV. What were the biggest differences in Mr. Bosch and Mr. Von Erich's approach to the presentation of professional wrestling? James? <laughs> well, big difference. Um, Paul was really pretty eclectic. He would bring in guys from all different promotions and and uh, you never knew what you were going to get there. I mean, it could be guys from uh, New York or guys from Mid-South or guys from Memphis. And, uh, you just never knew. Uh, guys from uh, Amarillo, you know. Uh, and uh, I remember Gary Hart told me one time that it drove him crazy because he was supposed to be taking care of the territory, and Paul sort of went went uh, outlaw on him, I guess is the best word for that. And uh, he just really <laughs> wanted to. You know, so it, it was. He was just. He was just a different, different kind of promoter. You know, he, he went out and got the best of the best and put them together, and and uh, and you know, it was a good payoff guy. So guys were glad to work there. So you know, it, that was a big difference. Did that did that cause friction? Him bringing in guys from you know up north or you know off the east coast instead of using guys that maybe have been more name familiar, name recognition out of the area. Did that cause heat? It, it did for Gary. 
Gary, Gary was supposed <laughs> to be representing the, you know, the, the territory and then representing France in the territory as, a, you know, the, the main booking office. And, and uh, Paul just sort of did what he wanted to do, and it drove, drove Gary kind of nuts. But uh, it's just the way it was. Yeah. Freddie, uh, your, your thoughts on Paul Bosch in Houston? I'm sorry, was that directed at me? You kind of broke up on me there for a second. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, Freddie. Your, your thoughts on Paul Bosch and, and Houston wrestling? Um, he did present uh, his product in a different way, but honestly, uh, uh, I enjoyed both of the Texas promotions that uh, I got to witness. I uh, did make some trips down to San Antonio and Houston to catch his product and uh, – uh, while I preferred world class, I also had a great time at any Paul Bosch production. Okay, uh, Rod, you familiar or worked for Paul Bosch throughout your time in Texas? Um, after, not when he was running his promotion. After it kind of collapsed with everybody else's, but Gary Hart used to book me on some independent shows that he was doing, and it was always a good payday, and you got to work with you know all kinds of different guys. So it was good for me. It was a blessing for me personally. And I thought it was unique from world-class. You just worked with world-class guys, but over there it was, you know, free agent, free for all. Awesome. John, your, your, your memories or thoughts on that? Man, it, it boils down to the talent. You know, I, I had to repeat myself and say that we were, I mean, we were at home in our beds by midnight every night. We ran these towns um, with seven, six, seven, eight people on the card. Our overhead wasn't like his. Um, Our talent was much more talented. He was dealing with so-called stars, you know, and, and with egos and there weren't really any egos in world class. Um, we got our job done um, with as few amount of people as possible. We didn't bring people in that often, maybe a Brody or a Killer Con, but um, we we didn't spend the kind of money he did and waste the kind of money he did, and much more talented. That's that's a very interesting point. Uh, a lot of promotions in in that particular time in the territory structure would swap talents out, but world class didn't necessarily do that. They had a core group of guys that were worked with. Do you feel overall that because of that familiarity with the wrestlers that the fans became more invested in the product, John? Well, that's a good point, you know. Um, But one thing we did do was – we we there were so many little towns around there. We were able to to jump around and come come back to the towns that we drew money in um, and hit those again. And, and you could always grow. Our TV was everywhere um, in Texas, especially in Oklahoma. Um, we, we we were able to go close to Houston. We were able to get on a plane shoot there, catch a flight back that night. Um, we were always in our beds. We didn't really stay in motels back then. It was a beautiful job. 
Right. You know, yeah. what, what John just said, I've been saying for years, I've never seen a territory that was so ideally set up. The core base lived right there in Dallas. Every place they ran was either a short flight or a mediocre drive, and everybody was back home in their own beds. Yeah. It was, it was, like, it was like they got in their car and went to work and then drove home. Uh, and when you got J- done wrestling, there was always a big cooler of beer, <laughs> which is important. It would be full. That's important. Absolutely. That's, Im- that's important. Absolutely. Uh, James- and as soon as you were done, you were welcome to get as many as you wanted. <laughs> James, mm-hmm. I want to jump back to you for a second on this because you know you were <laughs> okay. uh, with Talent Relations with NWA uh, through the air all the way up until Billy Corwin purchased uh, purchased right. the, the rights, the NWA, and so on and so forth. From a talent relations perspective, how, how important or how essential is that for guys to be able to be off the road, to be able to be in their own beds? I, I was listening to Arn Anderson talk a little bit earlier today about a five-day run in the WWE, currently what, how it runs today, uh, and say you're doing a West Coast shot and leaving on a Tuesday and coming back on a Wednesday and basically having one day off across three different time zones. How important was that to be able to, for guys to come in and have that, that comfort of being able to be back at home? Well, it was a, you know, it was a different time, different era. Um, but, but even the territories were different back then. I mean, there was one way in like in, in Texas. And then if you ever worked the, the Tennessee territory, I mean, you drive forever on that thing. You know, that's how that they made. And, uh, you know, so, and, and, and Mid South was like that too. Uh, John, I know John worked for, for Bill Watts there. And, and, and uh, you know, they were, they were, there were some pretty, pretty long trips there, you know, and, and but mm. it depended on where you were. You know, some, some places it was pretty easy, some places it wasn't. But it was, uh, Texas was always, a, 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 especially our part of Texas, was always a, a um, a desirable place for guys to come and, and, uh, you know, the payoffs were decent and, and, uh, and the travel wasn't that bad. And, 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 the, you know, generally you were treated pretty well. So, you know, the, uh, from a talent standpoint, you know, it was, a, it was pretty, pretty good place to be. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Laura, I'm going to go on and let you fire off, uh, the, the last one for our guests. I do appreciate that, Bob. Um, you know, guys, it wouldn't be a Texas wrestling show without talking about Global Wrestling Federation. Uh, GTF operated from 1991 to 1994, and its roster read like a who's who. Our question is a hypothetical one. Uh, if Eddie Gilbert hadn't left the company in 1992, what direction do you feel the company would have taken? Uh, Mr. Beard? Oh, man. Uh <laughs> hard to say i mean there's a lot of what ifs you know uh, sure. he left because he was frustrated we, we had a lot of uh um there was some interference in the way he was booking things and and uh and then we had to deal with the spn which they, they edited our, our our product to a point where you couldn't recognize it sometimes but uh but you know it, it was popular a lot of i still hear people today talk about how they came home from school and watched it after class you know and that kind of thing but uh i don't know eddie was a very smart guy and a great uh great mind you know if he stayed there um I, I, who knows what would have happened i mean i i don't know that that uh i don't know that eddie leaving really 
had had a lot of effect on the longevity of the company or anything. Uh, a lot of other things did that, you know. I, when Kerry came back and we did really well while he was there, and then then of course he did what he did, and that kind of killed the, the wind in ourselves. But yeah, you know, I'm very proud of what GWF did. It was a it was a good promotion, and 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 we did a lot with a little for a while there. You know, we we had a good good base of a good core base of talent. You know, John and Rod both were there, and. And uh, uh, and some other guys that that lived in the area at the time, and and you know we did, we did a pretty good job with what we had, I think. I enjoyed it. I was one of those people that would come home after school and and watch DWF and see the Patriots and the yeah. Stranger. There, you, there, you, there you go. You're you're one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to say something real quick here about Eddie Gilbert and uh, Global. Um, Eddie and I got to be friends while he was working in Global, and we loved talking wrestling with each other. And his wife made me laugh so hard one day. Eddie gave me a call, and uh, we were just chattering, and all of a sudden I hear Medusa in the background going, is that that guy from Dallas? (laughs) And Eddie Eddie goes, yeah. She says, she says, I'm going to Ribera's for lunch. You better be off the phone by the time I get back. <laughs> mm. Mm. Now, most people don't know what Ribera's is. Ribera's is a uh, steakhouse in Japan that, uh, shall we say, caters royally to professional wrestlers. <clears throat> And one of one of the uh, choice prizes of going to uh, uh, work in Japan was being offered a Ribera jacket. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Mr. Price. Yes, ma'am. Um, what are your thoughts on you know what the what if if Eddie would have stayed, uh, what global wrestling would have been. Well, I don't know if Eddie, like James said, had the longevity in him. Uh, Eddie kind of came in, you know, I've seen him bring in the company that's kind of, they had something good going, it kind of sputtered, sputtered, and it's on the edge of either going off a cliff or you might be able to save it. And Eddie was good about coming in and uh, giving that company a little spark. But for his longevity, no. Uh, GWF was solid. I know uh, Dale... I remember working with Dale, and Dale was in it with us, and when Joe Pedicino was there, it was it, it was something then, and it grew into something better. And I'm thankful for the years I had there. Most certainly, um, uh, Mr. Tatum. Well, um, my opinion of Eddie is uh, similar to others; very talented. Um, the only problem I saw with Eddie booking and running a territory was Eddie was focused mainly on Eddie um, mm-hmm. and his um, love his family, you know, uh, love his cousins, love all of them, great people. But Eddie cared more about that um, than the top to bottom, in my opinion. Um, once again, talking about the dead, he can't defend himself, but mm-hmm. very, very talented um, uh, and a good guy. 
um, was yeah. fortunate enough to have him take uh, Missy Hyatt out of my life. So. <laughs> 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 oh my! Like, like Buddy Landell said, uh, Eddie, you love to drive used cars, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh boy! Oh my goodness! I, I can't okay. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked how, how Eddie and John got along uh, with with that situation with Missy, and I, and I tell people I said, "Well, John was relieved." <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> uh, I'm quite happy, except they were trying to get rid of me. Uh, <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise. I was a little money, so I watched uh, more about about the money and didn't give a shit about the love of hell. So, uh, excuse my language. No, no. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, completely and, fine. Eddie, Eddie was a good guy. You know, I miss yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Something, uh, well, something as we all do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something that fans may not know, and and I I did found this out doing a little bit of digging, and I think I think Freddie may have alluded it to alluded to it in a conversation that him and I had at one point in time. Did Jim Crockett try to bring the NWA back to the Sportatorium to keep wrestling going after Global had folded up? What? Why? Why did that not succeed, James? Uh, because of Jim Crockett. Ah. Basically, there you okay. go. Uh, he, 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 I mean, he pretty much no promotion whatsoever. I mean, we came in and put together a, a staff and some and talent, and and we did a, we taped a few things, and and uh, I think there's some stuff out there still, you know, and 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 some good stuff. Really, with some good talent. Um, Michael was there. Uh, 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 Jimmy was there. Uh, uh, Tully was there. We had you know, Rod. Rod, I think, worked for him. Uh, good. They even brought uh, Kevin back in. Uh, but you know, we'd go out. We'd go out to a town somewhere where they'd booked and, and find out that the posters were in the trash can or something. You know, so it, it was. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's that's. He just did, he didn't have the uh, have the uh, uh, interest in promoting. You know, like like he needed to have. You know, he. He thought it was our fault because we weren't drawing. <laughs> wow, yeah. Freddie, was that was that the conversation? It was that the shows that you were thinking of when we were when we were talking. Well, I do remember um, Crockett running a show in, uh, I believe, San Antonio, if I recall correctly, and he did it in conjunction with, at the time, Paulie Dangerously. And uh, they uh, drew a pretty damn good crowd uh, for a first-time effort, uh, and it looked like the promotion was going to continue. And um, along comes ECW, and there goes that deal. Hmm. Um, Hmm. Rod, um, your your thoughts on that? I mean, because there's been comparisons to – I've heard comparisons. There's been comparisons to GWF being a, a precursor to, to ECW, and then you see Jim Crockett come in, and then Paul. What do you what do you think about that whole thing? It could very well be. Uh, when I went up and worked with ECW, I think it was 98, 99, something like that. But all those guys up there, from Rob Van Dam to Tommy Dreamer, 
they all watch this. You know, they they called us the afternoon special, so that's what we were to them. But they uh, they sparked a lot of ideas. If you look at the characters, when ECW, what they were trying to develop between Sandman and all of them, they all had a little gimmick of uh, GWF in them. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. Uh, John, your your thoughts uh, on that? Uh, Crockett coming in trying to run or GWF and ECW comparisons? Well, before I um, started working in Texas, I had signed a contract um, with Crockett um, by way of Dusty. Dusty was the booker. And, um, long story short, um, I got an offer from Texas. Uh, Michael Hayes called me and said they uh, were offering me a job. And a week after I signed that contract, I was uh, I, I had to ask him out of it. So he and I, uh, he's the type of guy who wouldn't hire me. So after doing that, so I don't know anything about it to be honest. Okay, that that's fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. There there was a period of time when before Jim actually started running in the sportatorium, he would show up at the sportatorium and just hang around the dressing room and and and, and eventually he ended up booking um, I don't know six or eight of us and we would do TV at the sportatorium on Friday night and then jump in a van and drive to Chattanooga and do TV there the next day and and wow. they were drawing really well there. And and uh, um, and that was in association with uh, Jim Cornette and that uh, Smoky Mountain group. And okay. and I think I think if he had continued along those lines, he probably would have done okay. But when he came back to Texas and tried to do it on his own, he just he just didn't do anything. Mm. Interesting, interesting. And I, and I blame him. I really do. Mm. Well, he James, you remember he tried to turn back the clock, man. He cut out the music. You had to come out to a cold entrance. And the the fans just farted all over it. It was just he wanted to bring the seventies back to the sportatorium, and it was long gone. And the fans didn't buy it. And because by this, because this time you you had entrance music, you had you know things going on that people associated with with certain wrestlers, certain characters, and that was all lost. Correct. Correct. Everything right. you know, starting fresh, starting over. Wow. Wow. That's odd. That's odd. Uh, I'd like to, to to wrap this up by by simply asking your your closing thoughts, James, about your time in Texas. What if you were to sum it up? How would you how would you share your experience with those while you're in your time in Texas wrestling? Well, you know, being a Texas guy and growing up here, and and, and uh, you know, being a, a guy who watched. TV from the sportatorium when I was a kid and then finally got to work there and got to know some of the guys I actually saw on TV and got to be friends with them. Uh, it was a dream come true for me, you know, and uh, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I had plenty of opportunities to do other things, uh, work with some of the bigger companies in, 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 the, in the United States. I, I was fortunate enough to work in Japan for several years, and that, that helped a lot, but uh, I, I wouldn't trade working in, working in Texas and my experiences here for, for anything. It was uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I got lifelong friends like Rod and John. I don't get to see John very often, but uh, you know, we're 
I imagine if we saw each other tomorrow, it'd be just like going back to 1985 or 88 or 89 or whatever, you know. It's a, it's a, it's been a blessing, really. Awesome, awesome, Freddie. How about you? Well, you have to understand, everybody here is going to have a uh, slightly different perspective than I am, because they aspired to be in the professional wrestling business. Uh, whatever I did in professional wrestling, when I did it, I stand there and go, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> because I. <laughs> Because I never once ever asked anybody for a job in wrestling. Uh, it, it just evolved out of uh, a uh, an article that uh, Dave Meltzer wrote in the Wrestling Observer, which was rather lengthy and, and very kind to world class. But there were a couple of uh, paragraphs in there of criticism that I really disagreed with it. So I wrote a letter back and it was published in the next uh, observer and uh, I defended world class. Next thing I know, uh, somebody at Sportatoriums introduced me to Dennis Brandt, who at the time was doing the Sportatorium uh, program and uh, later went on to uh, world class. I went from world class on to, Wait a minute, WCCW, it's a WCW, it's a WWE. So Dennis, you know, he's been around. But I met Dennis, and he said, are you the guy that wrote that letter in the Wrestling Observer? I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, that was pretty damn good. Would you like to write for my magazine? And I went like, oh, yeah? Okay. So I became a heel writer, and, you know, uh, uh, by accident. And next thing I know, I'm getting in my car in the Sportatorium parking lot one night, and I hear a voice behind me go, hey, man, what's your name? I turn around, it's Terry Gordy. I went over and uh, introduced myself to him. We talked for a few minutes, and we exchanged phone numbers, and that was that. And about a month later, um, I pick up my phone, and I'm hearing, hey, it's Terry Gordy. You need some company right now. I want to get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a wrestling fan, and Terry Gordy is calling me, wanting to come to my house to watch wrestling videos. <laughs> and I, I mean, for me, it was surreal. You know, the next thing I know, I'm, there's a grave situation in uh, in uh, world class, a, a pretty grave legal situation. My phone rings, I pick it up, and I'm hearing, Freddie. This is Bill After. About this thing that's going on in Dallas, how do you feel about it? And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I'm a wrestling fan. Bill After's calling me to ask how I feel about something that's going on in Dallas. Wow. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's another did that really happen moment. And then I pick up the phone one day and I hear, Freddie, this is Jim Ross. Can you help me out? I need so-and-so's phone number. I want to bring in the WCW, so uh, you know I'm obliged. Oh, I checked first. I checked first to make sure it was cool to give out the number, <laughs> and I uh, was told, "Yeah, you damn well better." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know, uh, then Dennis Brent's calling me from uh, from Atlanta. Hey, you, I, I need you to write for the WCW magazine. Well, that led to me going to some WCW pay-per-views, 
uh, hanging out backstage with the guys, and uh, and I'm still confused. You know, how is all this happening when I'm not even when I'm doing nothing to make it happen? And uh, it just it just mushroomed through there. So even tonight, sitting here, I'm scratching my head, going, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> what we were doing too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Rod, Rod, how about you? Man, I'm just uh, thankful. Everything happens for a reason, and I wouldn't want to be any other place except Dallas when I was coming through and getting to meet uh, a lot of great people and, like James said, lifelong friends like John and James and. Killer Tim Brooks, you know, it was uh, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed every minute of it and feel blessed to have lived through it. <laughs> but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm thankful, man. Awesome. You awesome. know, you're John. speaking for everybody that was involved there. Everyone feels that that very same thing, you know. Everybody, <laughs> we were just in the right place at the right time. The stars lined up, and it happened. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah and, and in all honesty, we had uh, heat with the rest of the wrestling business because we didn't. Nobody could come in there. Nobody quit. Nobody was fired. So we didn't need anybody <laughs> for years. So you know, we were looked at as like the uh, you know spoiled little brat working for the Von Erichs, getting to be home every night. Right. Uh, if some so, if some of these guys couldn't get fired, nobody could. If you if you don't if you don't mind, John brought uh, I mean Rod brought up a, a name there that I'd like to say something about. Um, sure. I talked to uh, Killer Killer Tim Brooks uh, a couple of times in the last week or so. You know he's uh, he's got cancer and not doing very well. Okay. In fact, he's really doing poorly. And um, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out and let people let people know that uh, you know he's hanging in there. He's a great guy, a uh, good friend, and and uh, we were all thinking about him. In fact, um, next Sunday I'm 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 working with a new group called SWE Fury out of out of uh, uh, the Dallas area, and we're we're taking yes. TV and and Killer's going to be there, and uh, uh, you know just kind of honoring him that night. But I, I just wanted to just say that. Uh, We've all got killer in our prayers, you know, and thinking about him and, and you know, God bless him. Uh, yes. Great guy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I would just want to say something real quick about Tim. Uh, I know he's aware that this program is going on. And, Tim, if you're listening, I'm going through the exact same thing that you're going through, brother. And uh, my prayers are with you all the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I uh, want to uh, give a shout out to, to the fans in Texas. Uh, please, please, if you are available, uh, James, I know that there's another show coming up. And I actually went to the first television taping for it's SWA Fury now, correct? There's been a name change? Correct. Yep. Went to that uh, first it's, TV it's, taping it's, yeah, in Canton. Yeah, that, that we've 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 gone to a permanent building right now, or at least permanent for now, and uh, uh, it's more like a studio kind of thing. But uh, it, it is SWE Fury, F U R Y. We're on uh, uh, right now TV, Action TV, and Fight TV, and uh, pretty soon we're hoping to be on a, on a, a, a broadcast network in the Dallas area too. So 
uh, you know, kind of look for us out there. It's uh, we're, I'm doing it, you know, I'm pretty much the way we used to do it at Sportatorium. It's it's a same same format, same kind of uh, philosophy, and and we've got a lot of good guys there that we're working with. So check us yeah. out. Good good yep, I had uh, I'd give it a thumbs up. I was at the uh, show in Canton at the fairgrounds last year. Right. Excellent show. Yeah. So if you're in the in the area, please make sure you're checking them out. Make sure you're checking them out. Uh, yeah, gentlemen. Yep. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and your memories and your talents, not only tonight, but over the years. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and, uh, and just talking some Texas wrestling with it. We greatly, greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you. you. Love all you guys, man. And Laura Love for the you, man. invitation. Bye. Love you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, Laura, we love you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Laura, I love you. Uh, she's over. She's over. Uh, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much again. We certainly appreciate Bob, it. You're uh, certainly welcome anytime. Say, say yeah, that again, Freddie. I'm sorry. Dell never called back in? No, sir, he did not. They, they and I did call him and off. leave him. A... They, they, they shut the phones off at the prison at 630. Oh my God! <laughs> He's gonna get you for that. <laughs> uh, 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 I imagine that, he is. That, that's a shame because he would have been invaluable in the GWF uh, segment. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Evidently sorry something that happened. That's okay. Evidently something came up. I did call and leave him a message and 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 thanked him. So uh, maybe at some other point in time, uh, we'll be able to talk to Dell. But again. Gentlemen, thank you again so much for your time tonight. It's been an absolute Thanks, pleasure. And always honor. here for you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye, Mr. Tatum. Thank you, Mr. Beard. Oh, Y'all right. take care now. Thank you, Freddie. Have a great night. Thank you for inviting me, and thanks to everybody uh, for accepting my invitation. I really do appreciate it, guys. You did a hell of a show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you, guys. We'll take, take right. care. We'll see you later. Yes, sir. There goes our good friend, the flamboyant Freddie Fargo. And, folks, we're going to be back after this uh, brief message. Hey, everybody. Monkhouse Bob. And the lovely Laura. Folks, we've been telling you for the last five years. Five years. Five years. Five years. Five years. All the different ways that you can listen to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. You can hear us on www.fnx.net where you can hear us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. The most important thing is, do you listen? Every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Don't miss it. That was pretty, pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. You know, um, we've had amazing. a lot of people on our show. Yeah. But I really and truly think that that was our best. I, I, I have to say that that was just um, – I <laughs> never heard John Tatum say that he was glad that Gilbert took his diet off his head. <laughs> I was relieved. <laughs> ah, you never know. I, I should have started out at the beginning and said, "Kids, you might want to get out a notebook and a and a number two because yeah. we've got some got some stuff for you." How how amazing 
how amazing to be able to sit and talk with people that were there during some of the most historic moments in professional wrestling history. I mean, that boggles my mind. You know, we, we really you know, is. yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, people that, you know, John alluded to it, you know, or said it, you know, John Tatum, you know, we, we're talking about people that are no longer with us and there's a lot of them. And, you know, you think about, all of the people that came and went out of those territories, you know, whether it was in, you know, Houston or whether it was in Dallas, whether it was for world-class or, or global or, or whatever, uh, just the sheer, the sheer history that, you know, now, uh, you know, is almost required viewing, you know, match tape viewing yeah. for young people coming up in the business and um, to be able to have the, uh, Yeah. Gino Hernandez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another guy. That guy was just, you know, they didn't call him the handsome half-breed for nothing. And, you know, the promos he would cut. And uh, I follow baby doll, Nicole Roberts, on Twitter, and she's my friend on Facebook, and she posted this interview that she, she was in Gino's car. And right. she was feeding Sunshine at the time, but Sunshine, I think they had to send Sunshine to rehab to dry out. And yeah. uh, Sunshine's aunt, Stella Mae French, she was billed as a truck driver, a student with baby doll at the time. And Gino just started talking about Stella Mae like something horrible. And it was just so funny. I guess looking back now, you know, you couldn't get away talking about a woman that way nowadays, but. Um, just so many incredible people came through there and, you know, I never thought of it that, you know, they were in a very enviable position because nobody did quit. Nobody got fired. So how do you break into that? And, uh, right. interesting note, uh, baby doll was telling this at the gathering, which I, I'm not surprised that John Tatum had that that reaction to my asking about the gathering because he was drunker than Cooter Brown for, <laughs> for most of the weekend. But yeah. anyway, um, I digress. Baby Doll gets up and she's uh, giving an award to Missy Hyatt, and it was John was talking about being in the Crockett uh, territory for just a little bit. And if you watch some of those Mid Atlantic Wrestling shows, um, you'll find you'll see John Tatum on there. Mm-hmm. And saw Tully and Baby Doll mm-hmm. together, and he was like, "I'm going to get me one of those." And mm. not not afterwards, he had Missy Hyatt. So, <laughs> so if you go back through and you look at the series that everybody was talking about, what a year ago, two years ago, and I, I believe there's another set of episodes coming out. The, the Dark Side of the Ring series. Well, and if right. you watch the Killing of Bruiser Brody, or if you watch, you know, uh, the Von Erichs, um, and if you watch the or one Gino. about Gino, yeah, the Gino yeah. Hernandez story, there are some people that are in, in, in those episodes. Uh, David Manning comes to mind. He was one of the bookers uh, for World Class at a particular point in time. And he talks about Fritz Von Erich and he talks about Gino and, uh, you know, the guys that were in there and, 
you know, I think probably the biggest thing that I took away from this whole, you know, the whole conversation that we had tonight um, would be the amount of heat that the promotion had from outside influences, because like what you said, you couldn't break in guys weren't quitting and they weren't fired, you know, and, and you could not break into that. It, It just, you know, it, it boggles the mind. If you look, I mean, if I went back and watched that David Von Erich Memorial show from Texas stadium in 84, where they had over 40,000 people in Texas stadium. And at the time it was the, yeah, it was the largest. Yes. It was the largest crowd at that time to ever gather for a wrestling event. And you see Carrie Von Erich win that title from Ric Flair. That stadium erupted. I mean, just erupted. You can't, there there are moments in time now (laughs) in modern wrestling where you get that kind of reaction, just moments, snippets. And they got that type of reaction wherever they went. You know, lots of people will talk about how if Fritz had just taken them on the road, like, you know, I I know they went to, you know, John was talking about they went to Israel. I I get that. But they were everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Because there are people in Saudi Arabia that knew who the Von Erichs were obviously in Israel. I mean, if Fritz would have just taken them on the road a little bit out of Texas, you know, and I understand totally get, you know, I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, most guys were home in bed and how wonderful that must have been, you know, in their own bed nightly basis. But, you know, also too, you think think about how the product, you know, might've suffered a little bit, as far as exposure-wise. Absolutely. Like, you know. Well, and I, I remember when we were talking and I said, you know, I watched it and have you watched it, referring to the Von Erich story because there was a snippet in there that I wasn't, I didn't even know. When David Von Erich died, the Texas State Legislature convened. That's how influential, that's how, well, that's how big the Von Erichs were in the state of Texas. Texas I, I, Von Erich. I mean, that, that, that says it all. I mean, uh, but obviously very, very ecstatic. Um, folks, if you missed the, this live broadcast, uh, it will be available for download here shortly in about an hour. And you can catch the show in its entirety on all the major podcast platforms that we've plugged and at www.fnx network. So, Make sure that you go back and check this out because it was definitely worth the listen. Definitely worth the listen. Uh, I, had a, I had a couple great. of things. Yeah, it was great. I had a couple of things. I really only going to, I want to cover two because the others are, are, I want to cover three real quick. Huge shout out to Luke Hawks and PJ Hawks for being on NWA Circle Squared. <laughs> Make sure that you're checking them out. I got a feeling you're going to see more of them in the NWA. That that was I number one. Two people who deserve it more. No, I no, and you know the work's been put forth. The work has been put forth. That's for sure. Uh, what was the uh, the second thing? Um, oh yes, number two. I caught this. I don't know how many people have seen this. This was posted in the New York Post. I was very disappointed to hear I, about this. You me over with a feather, Bob. I know it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me let me go back through here. Let me find how I want to do this. Okay. 
uh, nonprofit religious organization. This was in the New York Post this week. Nonprofit religious organization founded by former wrestler Ted DiBiase, whose son Brett was indicted last week in the state of Mississippi. The charity reportedly received more than $2.1 million in welfare from the state of Mississippi, according to the Clarion Ledger, which is uh, the main paper in Mississippi. DiBiase, who famously feuded with Hulk Hogan as a million-dollar man uh, in the late 1980s, was not named in the indictment. Heart of David Ministries reported its grant money was spent on general church-speaking engagements, religious conferences, school assemblies, and wrestling events, through the group, uh, though the group did not file any tax documents with the IRS in the last two years. The state of Mississippi denied more than 98% of individual welfare applicants while giving more than $2 million to DiBiase's foundation. That, that right there speaks volumes. Volumes. Yeah. Uh, I'm more than certain that there is going to be uh, – Troubled waters, troubled waters ahead for Mr. DiBiase. I hate, I hate, I hated to see that. That just absolutely killed me when I read that. Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. I can't remember what the third thing was. Evidently, it wasn't. I was trying to think hey, real quick. There was something else, and I can't remember what it was. But let, maybe it'll come me, to me later. Let me know. You didn't put the thing, or. No, no, I. Oh, it was something I was when I was reading off. There, what was the third thing? I did want to say else. that um, you know they were talking about. Um, I can't remember who was talking. I think it might have been Johnny Tatum talking about. You know they can't do blood. Obviously, he never saw Shane Baszler beat the fight the cat out of him. Yeah, out of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, by Becky. <laughs> you know, yeah. Becky I just want to bring up some Enzo Warre, uh, uh post on his Instagram. He's got a wrestling match coming up here soon. I, and I don't know the, 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 the whys and the wherefores and all that. He's going to be wrestling uh, previous show guest, um, um, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. So, oh. you know, that, that's going to be a, um, you know, something. Oh, uh, that's going to be an event. Yeah, um, I was going to mention too. Um, I didn't know if uh, oh. Rock was NXT because they had a wonderful show. Um, yes, uh, no, that was it. But yes, take take over I, Portland was great. It really was, and Velveteen Dream oh. is the best thing going today. Takes okay. a page out of Ruth's book. Puts Roderick Strong's wife and baby on the on the the uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, outer thigh of his uh, uh, tights. Of his tights, uh, yeah. A la Rick Rude. Rude. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And let me just say real quick that Randy Orton normally is like the biggest that piece of shit ever. Um, and I didn't. I don't like what he did to Matt either. But you have to look at what he's doing, and it's being a heel. Finally, someone is being a heel, and he has said all this time he does not like being a baby's face. Doesn't just doesn't like it. But I think he's doing some great heel work. I wish he didn't have to do it to Matt. 
Yeah. But that's okay. I think Matt's going to turn up smelling like roses anyway because that's what Matt Hardy does. He does. There'll be another reincarnation of Matt Hardy some somewhere, somehow, one. sometime. <laughs> okay, so I finally figured it out. There was two things. One of them popped up. Got to give a huge shout-out, a huge congratulation to our good friend Zane Dawson and Nikki Diaz on their engagement. Congratulations, Shane or Zane and Nikki on no, your engagement. Wanted, wanted to do that. Then yeah, I had congrats. alluded... One I I had messaged. Remember we talked about um, we had talked about the the title belt that Harley Race was carrying around at WrestleCade in 2018. Okay, yeah. how it doesn't look like the 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 globe, the domed globe, right? It was flat and it right. had red letters. I messaged our good friend Tracy Myers and I asked him, Hey, you know what the story is behind the belt? This is what Tracy tells me. He said, this is what Harley told him directly, that this is the original belt that I won. The other seven times I used it instead of the one the NWA had, the globe was flat. And Tracy says that he's not really sure what Harley meant by that, and neither did Harley's son. But I went back and I looked at the belt, the picture of Harley Race, when he defended the title against Ric Flair and I took a quick snapshot of it. And that is the championship belt that he was wearing to the ring for that match. It is, it was not the, the dome or, you know, the rounded globe belt is, it was the belt that Harley had. So evidently at some point in time, there were two belts. There was the one that Harley carried. There was the one Harley carried that he says is the real NWA championship. And then there is the 10 pounds of gold, the globed, you know, the, the domed globe, the bubble globed belt. I mean, it's as plain as day in this picture. And maybe I'll put it out on Twitter later tonight after I get something to eat because I'm starving to death. It's been a long night. Um, on wrestling alone, Bob. No, I cannot. I cannot. And we cannot, uh, sustain ourselves any longer on this particular episode and we've got two left for you ladies and gentlemen coming up next week two coming up next week she's one of uh one of our favorite people we had her on a few years ago but some things changed some very important things our guest next week will be Brittany nicole you'll remember when she first started out in professional wrestling she worked for wildcat sports and then a strange thing happened on the way to wrestling promotion She is now the co-owner of Elevate Pro Wrestling here in Louisiana, and she is the only female promoter in the state of Louisiana. And we're going to have Brittany Brittany on the show next week, and we're going to talk about leaving Wildcat, going to Elevate. There were some things that happened in Elevate that I, I think need to be talked about, and we're going to talk about what Brittany's vision for Elevate Pro Wrestling is going to be 2020 moving forward. Very excited to have Brittany Nicole back on the show. She's a, an incredibly talented young lady. So Brittany Nicole next week. Got anything you want to add? Well, it's getting down to the nitty and the gritty, Bob. Uh, next is. week, I plan on giving uh, some of my favorite, uh, some of my top 10 uh, favorite episodes, uh, favorite run-ins, uh, favorite guests that we've had on and 
you know, when you had put out how many guests we'd had on, it, it's mind-boggling, and how many guests that we had that are now signed with a major televised company, yeah. um, and and just how far wrestling itself has come in six years, um, it's been a little bit of a blur. Uh, when you're in it, I don't think you really realize, you know, what you've done until you, you know, maybe step back in, in and look at what it is that we've done. And, and you know, I, I hope that we, uh, we've left wrestling better than what we found it. I think we have. I know we have. Yeah, we have. Folks, we thank you for listening to this episode of the program. We'll be back here next Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Make sure you check us out here on this platform on www.fnx.network or any of the other platforms that we're heard on. Uh, Enjoy your week. Be kind to one another. And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. have been listening to live from the armory wrestling show the premier podcast of indie wrestling listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time subscribe to us on itunes follow us on twitter at from the armory we're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network and we're also available on stitcher you can find us on facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9 If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have 
have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.